Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And hopefully I will have edited out the sound of the 3D printer in the background. Yeah, he's just bragging because he got a 3D <laughs> printer for Father's Day. <laughs> I, I'm printing some dice and I didn't anticipate that we would be recording for whatever reason. So it's, it's going. Hopefully that'll be done. Anyway, uh, I apologize if it's not. So, two episodes. We're finishing out season nine this wow. week yeah i know I right know. season nine episode Close 19 yeah the foresight saga and season nine episode 20 the life you save season 19 the foresight saga <laughs> good episode because a, a lot happens well not a lot happens but it's in a fun way they begin in potter's office um they got a letter from radar so they're reading the letter max Klinger breaks um potter's glasses and Turns out that it's his backup pair because Max broke his other pair last week. Mm -hmm. So they had to call in an optometrist. Um, while they were waiting for the optometrist, they went to the mess tent. There was fresh coleslaw, radishes, cucumbers, pork sung. Um, someone that the doctors had helped his grandparents had tried to do a garden. Um, he was very upset because... Every time he gets his garden started, soldiers attack. Mm -hmm. They lose everything. Um, so the doctors actually brought him into the swamp to live for a while. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to get everything. Let's yeah. see. And he also needs glasses, so they're getting him glasses. Radar said that um, everything was going great in the letter. He talked about how wonderful everything is, so it made everyone miss him. They ended up calling him. Things were not wonderful, and we'll talk about what happens and how it goes from there. But sure. that's a basic yeah. synopsis of yeah. what has happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, a neat episode for me because we... You know, hear about Radar. We never see him again. After he mm -hmm. left, uh, uh, can't think of the guy's name. Radar. Gary. Oh, Ger Gary Berghoff? Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't see him again, but here we at least hear about him a little bit. And it's nice to, uh, you know, see what Radar's up to. I guess it'd be kind of nice to see what Trapper's up to as well. Well, yeah. Yeah. We never really hear about him again. No. Well, I mean, there's Trapper, John M.D., but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even the same guy. They didn't even try. Um, but yeah, it, it's nice to see that come back in here. Um, and because you like to think that even the past, you know, you're remembering the people mm. from your past. I know. Yeah, yeah. And it to me, it's neat in the fact that everything isn't just um, flower like like roses right for radar. Exactly. it's not just all roses it but it sounded like it was in the letter mm -hmm. like he didn't let on that anything was wrong mm -hmm. 
and, and if they wouldn't have called his mother, they wouldn't have known. And, you know, I think what he did was definitely in keeping with, or what they had Radar do was definitely in keeping with how he left MASH. Right. Because he was going to stay. He was going to stay to the detriment of his family because the four double seventh needed him. And I think that his letter telling them everything's great back here was his way of still trying to take care of them. Right, exactly. Because honestly, we don't know, we don't know how long after Radar left this actually is. That's true. Because it could have been two years before or like three years after. We just don't know. The, the timeline, it wouldn't be three years after. That's no, impossible. But the but timeline it, is very screwed up. Yeah, so it, we don't know when, but you know, it literally could have been like a few weeks or a year, and um, yeah, I think this is Radar trying to take care of them, but he should know better. His friends from MASH always find him out. They do. Radar yeah. is... is... Mm-hmm. And they're going to take care of him too. Mm-hmm. Which, as an aside, I think is something that, um, especially in like... I'm not going to get political with this, by taking a side, but just in general, I think this is something we don't see in Congress right now. You know, something that you saw in Congress okay. after World War One, after World War Two, after the Korean War, after the Vietnam War, you saw these men, these people, with shared backgrounds. You know, like when the greatest generation was in charge of Congress, there was a lot more interaction across the aisle, because they were used to taking care of each, each other. other. They were used to, you're from the army? Okay. We serve together. And that was their base. You know, just like here. We know that Charles is from the conservative bent. We know that Hawkeye is definitely liberal. liberal. But when it comes down to brass tacks, they take care of each other. This is something that servicemen do. And you'll bet what how did um how did they take care of radar? We talked a lot about that already, you know, with um Park Sung, how Park Sung was helping out the people at MASH because they had helped him out. Great. Right. But he then gave them fresh coleslaw, mm -hmm. radishes, cucumbers. But then oh, he got yeah. he got separated from his family during a shelling. Again. He didn't know where they were. He needed to do something and, you know, preferably get out of there. And so what did they do? Actually, they found out the need that Radar was having and decided to send... They had Radar sponsor Park Sung, and that way he could go there and be free labor for Radar, but also learn a trade. Yeah. So it's a win-win Yeah. situation. They took now why care... why don't we do more of that nowadays? You know, what, why... learn a trade? No, just... Or... Think of what is best for the country. What is yeah. best for each other? What is best for, you know, not how much money can I make this week, mm -hmm. but what is best for some us people, as a whole? Some people do. I, I, Which, it just, I, <laughs> I can't. But yeah, you know what, again, not to get too, too far down a political bent, but yeah, I, it was nice to see that Radar's friends were still taking care of him just like he was trying to take care of them. Right. Because you know, really, I mean, he was trying to take care of them in the same way that Klinger was trying to protect his own family about him being in Korea. Exactly. 
by not telling them. But just like with Klinger's mom, the family they found knew. out. Yeah, and they know. They Everyone know. knows. Yeah. There was a funny turn to this mm -hmm. um, because when the optometrist came to work on Potter, he also worked on um, Park Sung because mm. because his glasses were atrocious. Oh, they were being held together. They were literally being held together by tape. Yes, but then Margaret throws a little something in there because she clearly needed to talk to the optometrist but without anyone else in the room so they thought that she was and she kind of put on that she was flirting mm -hmm. with him mm -hmm. so they thought they even had this little side bet going on is she oh, or God. isn't she uh, you know what that is honestly one of my like top 10 scenes from the entire series <laughs> is when um so yeah margaret when when they're giving Park Sung the uh, eye exam. Once they're done, Margaret busts into the room where Hawkeye, BJ, Potter, Potter and uh, Bud, the optometrist, are. And she goes, I didn't know you were all still here. Huh? I, I just... I, I wanted to say hi to the major and uh, and, and, and welcome him to the four double seven. How are you, major? And she's In like fact, coming. He was getting very nervous. Oh, because she was coming on she to was him. Definitely. And then they all left, and she's like, "Oh, good, we're alone. I think I might need glasses. Can you check me out?" <laughs> and he's like, well, "Call me doctor." <laughs> she's like, "Bud, can you help me?" He's like, uh, "I think we better call me doctor." Yeah, it was. <laughs> But then the part that I really love is they keep this up because, like, um, you know, she comes clean. But then she says to Bud, I love pulling the doctor's leg. Can we, basically, can we keep this going? And he's like, oh, sure, yeah. So he goes to her tent. It's just yeah, so cute. They're, they're in, yeah, he goes to her tent. <laughs> Later they're at the O Club having drinks together. And then Margaret comes up to get refills. And um, Hawkeye and BJ are sitting there at the bar. And I think it's BJ? Is it BJ or Hawkeye who says, Margaret, we need you to clear this up for us. On one hand, Hawkeye. I... S I think it's Hawkeye, yeah. yeah. On one hand, I say that mm -hmm. there's nothing going on between you and Bud. But BJ thinks there's that there's nothing, nothing going, going on between you and Bud. <laughs> I don't know what Margaret says, but then they both have, like, fist uh, a handful of money, and they go, oh, and then they both put, like, two slips of whatever down in front of the other one. And then Bud says, um, you know, we're going to leave for the night. And Margaret grabs the uh, pretzels, and one of one what of the. What do you need the pretzels for? And she takes out a pretzel stick and taps it and goes, "Because I don't smoke." So it was almost like a you know after. After coitus. You usually have smoke, a cigarette. Yeah. At least in. And I like so how the, you call it coitus. That's yeah. so cute. And so then, um, <laughs> then the two doctors on the bar go, "Oh, okay, we're we're in again," and they they're putting money down on the <laughs> on the bar. It's like, oh my god. Are you that bored that you're both betting the same way? <laughs> this is like a Secret Santa gift. Where we keep passing back and forth the same $20 bill. That's that's what this is. So that was just fun to watch. It was a fun was. part of it. The other mm -hmm. fun part was Potter got a letter from Mildred. And he clearly <laughs> couldn't read it. Well, yeah, because Klinger had sat on his back a pair of glasses. Right. So, so Klinger was reading everything to Potter. And pa and Klinger kept saying, I don't think I should read this. I don't think I should read this. And Colonel Potter's like, there's nothing I have to hide. Read dear, the letter. Dear Puddinghead, 
I miss your tickly toes. <laughs> I better read this myself. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Colonel Puddinhead. <laughs> this doesn't go any farther than here. <laughs> so, no, I, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just fun little quirky episode. Damn. You know, like there's a lot of little sidebars. Mm -hmm. Well, I really think that was it. I mean. And then when Pork Son decided to leave, they threw mm -hmm. him a party at the end. Now, you bring that up, and I'm glad because I want you to think back to the pilot. Okay. Okay. What did they do in the pilot in the mess tent with a young Korean boy? Did they send him somewhere? Really? They sent Hojon, oh, the houseboy, off to the States to study. And this I, young man was actually going to be Winchester's houseboy. That's how he got to talk to him into staying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> he stole. And I'm sorry. As I'm watching <laughs> this, I'm thinking, he's dressed at that time mm -hmm. he had a really nice shirt and pants on yeah now to me that was a little odd mm -hmm. with a belt and you know I, the whole works okay I, just thought i'd I, say so they sang and then they had coleslaw cake mm -hmm. give gave him some dick gifts yeah what <laughs> gives a yeah korean to english um, dictionary boots and a straw hat because you can't work on a farm in the united states mm -hmm. without a straw hat and he yelled, terrific. Yeah. Well, first he looked it up in his yeah. dictionary. How do you say terrific? Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, fun It's episode. a neat episode, yeah. Um, yeah, not a, not a lot on this episode as far as other notes go. Um, yeah, right. Even the guest stars recurring cast, we have Dr. Myron Bud Herzog, played by Philip Sterling. Sterling, pardon me. Oh, he's um, been here before, hasn't he? Dr. Uh, Bud? Yeah. I don't think we've seen okay. the optometrist before. Uh, Park Sung was played by Rommel Moore. And Igor Straminsky. Uh, of course. Was behind behind the serving line and serving up the, the, the green stuff, as Hawkeye says. Uh, Real green stuff. Yeah. Played by Jeff Maxwell. Uncredited appearances by Kelly Nakahara and Joanne Thompson. The production code was Z422. Writer was Dennis Koenig. Director Charles S. Dubin. The original air date was April 13th, 1981. And the 3D printer is still going. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this episode before no, we No, good episode. Yeah. All right. Next um, one's a little bit more confusing. Season 9, last episode, The Life You Save. So... Uh, we start off with Wounded coming in in the middle of the night into the 4077. Um, and there's a case that BJ is working on with Margaret, and he dies. He has no pulse, he's not breathing, he dies. Um, BJ calls Winchester over to help, they're getting adrenaline going, and all of a sudden they come under fire. So there's a sniper. Um... And so they get this kid underneath of one of the ambulance buses while everybody else is getting essentially thrown into the hospital complex where they might get some cover. 
Charles and BJ and this kid are under the bus trying to just get him alive again. Because he's dead. Um, so they're ambu bagging him. They're pumping adrenaline. Just trying to get him going. Sniper fire. Klinger shuts off the lights. They get the kid alive again. Get him into pre-op. And um, as, as they're continuing to triage and pre-op, lights come back on. Potter comes in. Patrol took care of the sniper. We're good. Winchester is getting ready for surgery. Takes off his hat. Hangs it on the hook. And you see, basically, at, um, at the, like, if you, if you think of just the typical, um, army hat, right? Where it's the round, flat top, and then the round band underneath, right? At the very back, where the two meet. The crown. The crown. There's a through and through. So a bullet went right through his hat, just missing his head. And he sees that, and it just... That had to be, though, a little bit mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the, um... I can't think of who plays Charles, but he does absolutely a fabulous job because immediately you see the impact that that had on him psychologically. He just, you know, he's, he just sinks into onto the prep bench and you can just tell how, how weighty of an impact it had on him. And that's really the basis for the rest of the episode because then, um... All throughout the rest of the episode, Charles is just trying to deal with this. Like, um, they rotate assignments on the camp. So, like, Charles ends up in charge of motor pool. And what he does is he has Rizzo take apart every Jeep. And his reasoning is, you don't understand, Rizzo, the power you have. You can take these things, these machines apart into their separate pieces and put them back together at will. And they work. And they're alive again. Why can't the human body be like that? Mm-hmm. And so Charles is just obsessed with death. Because this boy was dead. And he actually asks the kid in, in post-op, What did you see? I need to know. And BJ tells him off. Like, stop being such a ghoul. Meanwhile, uh, the rest of the senior staff, and this is the B-plot, are tending to their own jobs. Like, Hawkeye, who is now owing the army 50 mess tent trays because somebody else stuck them with them um bj is in charge of the wash the laundry the yeah. laundry yeah. and he is complaining to colonel potter at one point because he keeps getting linens full of grease from the motor pool white linens full of mm. grease from the motor pool um margaret uh, has morale morale and so she's complaining because charles is moping around <laughs> She tries to help him at first, but then she, like, goes off on him when, You're not listening! I'm trying to help you, and all you can do is put your fingers through your hat! She doesn't think to ask him why. Um, and then... Father's garbage. Garbage, which he can't get rid of, because... Oh my gosh, it's amazing how There's just a wall of garbage. Most of it seems to be lettuce and cabbage leaves, amazingly yeah. enough. Um, but... He can't get rid of it because all of the jeeps and the trucks are taken apart in the motor pool with the pieces put neatly on a sheet. And then at the end of the episode, Charles grabs the ambulance, goes up to battalion aid, and is helping there. And um, essentially the, the episode ends, other than the post-commercial scene, it ends as he's watching this young man die. 
and he gets to ask his question and kind of get over it. But then at the end, um, the, I, like Laura said, I'm glad that it ended on a joke. Yes, I am too. Um, but we see Hawkeye handing the mess tent duties over to Margaret, and she's going through and counting the trays. <laughs> That are there because she's not going to be stuck with them. And, and reminder that Hawkeye never counted; he just signed. Yeah, which we'll talk about why. But then uh, he he basically wrangles Klinger into like, if I owe trays, you owe trays. Mm. So what they end up doing is passing trays out the window of like supply, and then coming back around and giving them and walking them past Margaret so that they have the full count. Because when Hawkeye hands the job over to Margaret, they're down 75 trays <laughs> instead of 50. So it's a really neat way to end it. But, yeah, let's uh, let's go more in depth about this episode. Um, again, Charles is just... The thing that got me most about yeah. this episode was Charles. Because he talked about... And this is the first time I've ever heard him talk about this. And mm -hmm. I think the last... I, his little brother passed away. Yes, this is the... And he was unable <laughs> to pass his room. What? Because um, I thought he just had a sister in Aria. Yeah. Um, where, where does it say that in here? Um, there, there was actually a note in here. This was the first and last time we hear about Charles' other sibling. Yes, because I knew he has a sister. Anoria, yeah. Anoria. Or Hanaria. Uh, <laughs> That's what Colonel Flagg calls her. Oh, okay. That's Anoria. How do you know? But yeah, we never hear about. Uh, well, he passed yet. away, so maybe that's why, and we don't know mm -hmm. when or how. It mm -hmm. just says that he had a little brother that passed away, and he was unable to even go past his room. Mm -hmm. And then he hadn't got that feeling again that he got when he passed his room mm -hmm. until he was under the truck yeah. and almost died. Yep. And it's a weird feeling, I think. Mm-hmm like the feeling of death so I'm that's sure. what he was trying to conquer in his brain is what is this feeling i'm getting what mm -hmm. is this death well in in potter and talking to margaret says you know we all come across the heebie-jeebies margaret and i charles is just going through his own version and we just have to let him be and then they're nearly run over by charles going but they didn't through know an this ambulance. Charles, i don't no. think no, <laughs> but yeah. As a plot point, they yeah. nearly get run over by Charles in a, in, a, in an ambulance. But yeah, he's definitely dealing with, um, you know, Potter calls it the heebie-jeebies. It's probably a form of PTSD. Yeah. But a milder case, because Charles does deal with it, and he he overcomes it in a, in a relatively short amount of time, and I'm guessing that he's good after that. I think so, too. You know, but yeah, he... You know, he realized that he was literally an inch away from death. Because if that had been an inch lower, it would have perforated his head. skull, and yeah. he he might have died. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it's... That oh, would be freaky, though, to take um, off your hat and see a hole, like, frick, yeah. that close. Yeah. I've, you know, I've heard of at least a couple of instances out of, like, Korea, Vietnam, where the soldiers had the hat, the the metal helmets, and they would have a, a bullet Dent. enter at such an angle that it went in, followed the curvature of the helmet all the way around their head, <gasps> and then exited the helmet back out the front. And afterward, they had a burn ring 
around their head. Yeah, from the bullet. I've never heard that. Oh, yeah. No, I've read those accounts. Okay. And, yeah, a, just a perfect ring right around their head where the bullet just and singed them. But any of those would be freaky, you know? Yeah. There's, um, and I think even in, in Saving Private Ryan, there was a guy who the machine gun is able to pierce the helmet. He gets shot through the helmet much in the same way as Charles, but then he does a dumb takes off his helmet and looks at the bullet hole. And got shot in the head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Several times, yeah. Um, See so yeah, how that would be very traumatic. Yeah. But um, Charles is acting a bit of a ghoul. And, you know, we see that in how he's just hovering over this soldier, Private Markham. And then also when he goes to Battalion Aid, we, we figure out at the end of that scene why he's there. And he's it's really... He's looking for a kid who's going to die. Yep. And he wants to know what death feels like. And it's really cool what the kid says. It, because do you think everyone has their own version? Yep. I think so. Yeah. This kid, particular and, person smelled the bread. Yeah. And I, you know, I think... I would smell cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think it depends on um, your belief yeah, that's... On, on why he smelled bread. But yeah, you know, Charles is there. Um, the battalion aide sergeant and captain comes over to him while he's on the phone with Potter. Potter's berating him, going, What are you doing up there? Get home! We're going to get wounded. Don't you know that? Oh, yes, yeah. they come from here. <laughs> I like the way he very calmly said that. Yeah. Yes, they come Where from here. Where do you here. think they come from? <laughs> and then the battalion aide sergeant says, We're going to lose one. He's, his internal injuries are too bad. And Charles just hangs up. And he goes over to talk to the person because yeah. that's what he was there for. And the guy is just, Doc, am I going to be gonna okay? Die? Yeah, he's like, we're going to get you back to a mesh, and they're going to patch you up, and they're going to make you better. I can't feel my, I can't feel my legs. I'm I, dying, Doc. Are you still there? Hold my hand. And you can see Charles just gripping it. It's like, can you feel anything? Am... Please, I have to know what is happening. I smell bread. <gasps> and that's it. And you know, I think Charles even says, "I don't." What do you mean? And so, like it, I think it depends on your belief, because. If you're a very spiritual person, you could say he was smelling what he oh, would smell in heaven. You know, it's like he was going home. He was smelling his grandma's bread. He was about to meet her again. On the other hand, if you're more of a scientific person, you might say, well, that was just a lack of oxygen causing random right. synapses to fire in him. And he smelled bread. And he smelled bread because, I don't know. That's what his brain decided to do in its last moments was pull up something. And then Winchester does something I don't think I could do. Because hmm. I would want to keep that forever as a reminder, but he oh. left the hat behind. I think he needed to leave it behind yeah. or he would obsess about it. Yeah. But I would I would mm. feel so badly if I didn't have that no. to show my family and say, look how close I was. Well, and you know... I actually kind of get this on the opposite side because when, um, as I understand it, when my grandpa came back from World War II, mm -hmm. on the troop ship back over, he dumped all his gear. 
Really? He threw it all over. He wanted nothing to do with and any of that And on the flip life. side, here's my dad's army jacket yeah. right here with us. Mm-hmm. It's, you it's know? Been here, yeah, the whole time we've been recording. Right. And that's Korean. So... Yeah. No, I... To each their own. Right. And I And I get that. But yeah, I also get the other side. We're like... He hated it and didn't mm, want to talk about it, though. Mm. And I think that... I, you know, that goes to my point of, I think... I think that he worked through it and that he was good afterward. Because okay. he was able to just... Let it go. Yeah, he put it aside. And that was him Letting metaphorically it. and and literally... Getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done over this. Moving on. And I think... Winchester being the person he is with his, to... with his ego uh -huh. he needed to do that yeah exactly yeah. he needed to just be able to set it aside like like a failed souffle and just <laughs> you know just be dump done it. with it done okay. moving on because otherwise it would become a part of who you are yeah and he couldn't he couldn't allow I think in my mind, Charles could not allow that sort of weakness right. exactly. to remain a part of That makes sense when you say it that way. Yeah. yeah, he had to cleanse himself of the weakness. But, yeah, it um another interesting point to me, <laughs> getting off of such a heavy subject, was the interchange that Hawkeye and Mulcahy had. Oh, I know! When, I was a little bit surprised by that, actually. Yeah, when um Hawkeye, at, at one point... When they're all in Potter's tent complaining about all the jeeps being dismantled, oh. Hawkeye says, "Some idiot stuck me with seventy-five trays." And okay, he says, that "I was that idiot, and it was 50. <laughs> and then Hawkeye goes to confront him, and do you There's remember? There's garbage everywhere. Yeah, it's like just they're falling. using um, poles, poles to push the garbage back up. Like you yeah. said, though, they had no jeeps to haul it away. Yeah. It, it looked a lot like um, if you live way in the north and you get a lot of snow, you have snow rakes for the roof. Yep. And it looked a lot like those, except they were using them to push rather than pull. They, yeah, they were pushing the garbage back up, but it was yeah. still falling down. And yeah. like you said, it was mostly lettuce and cabbage. Because <laughs> I'm guessing that was cheap. And it looked green. Yeah, so... So it bothered me a little bit because <laughs> lettuce turns brown when it's nasty. And yeah. Yeah, if I'm it was there as long as you would think it was there, it would be brown. Yeah, I'm sure that the paper, cardboard, and lettuce or cabbage was the cheapest thing they could get to make a they pile. They could have of. used brown though, yeah. <laughs> paper instead of green. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> my my point being though that I love Mulcahy's interchange with Hawkeye, where he's like, you know, somebody once told me that you shouldn't. Basically, I'm going to paraphrase here. You shouldn't sweat the small stuff because. Yes. The army doesn't work like we do. There are a bunch of pluses and minuses for supplies right now. And when this is all over, a bunch of generals are going to get together and sum those all up and it'll come out even. And anyway, long before then, you will have stuck someone else with those 50 trays. Which is Margaret. Which is Margaret in this case. But, you know, and I, from... What you see in the movies and TV shows about the army, I it's get the, about right. I get the feeling that that's right. I don't know personally, but you know, tell tell us if we're on the mark or wrong. I'm guessing we have at least a few people out there who listen to this, who, who are served. who served. You know, is, is that 
Is it the fact we're, that we're not the looking... army is not quite efficient as <laughs> maybe it could be? Well, and you know, I'm not, not just the army, any military branch, right. and I'm not looking for a confession. I'm just, is it the fact that supply sergeants really do wheel and deal? That's all I'm looking for, because that's essentially what and we're talking about here. if you're a supply sergeant, let us know. Call in. <laughs> that's well, all... I would love to hear. Yeah. You know, like, my, my mom's cousin was a supply sergeant. Oh, really? Yeah. He, um, he died of hepatitis. Oh, okay. Young, but yeah, he was a supply sergeant, like, during Iraq 1, and from <laughs> what I hear, yeah, he could, he'd get you what you he need. He could wheel and deal. He could wheel and deal, but I don't know if that's always, or if that's the exception. But, um, you know, I, I get the feeling that that's the case, though. It's like, 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 um, when Radar leaves, right? There's, um, the generator that Klinger gets, mm -hmm. and, um, there's the major that comes in from whatever battalion and says, I've had three generators swiped from here already, and it's like, on paper they got them, but in but reality they, they never didn't. did. Yeah, so... Yeah. And that was just one more. <laughs> yeah, so does that go on in reality, or is that just a, a TV thing? I'm curious. Guessing it really goes on because I don't know. Have you ever watched the movies? They're all the same. Yeah. It wouldn't be that big of a plot if it wasn't going on. Consistent. But let plot. us know. Let yeah. us know. Let us yeah. know. What um, else is consistent that we're missing? I, mm, you know, one thing that they point out here. Now keep in mind, this is the absolute last episode of um, season, season nineteen, nine. or it's season nine, right? We actually get a lot of background characters yes. in this. I mean, there's You're 12 right. to 15 I... background characters in here, including... In the last one, actually, also, because of... But here they... Oh, they listed them all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like the got... cook makes his appearance. We don't see that again until season 10, Twas the Day After Christmas. The cook was funny, though. Yeah. We should oh. probably mention Oh, that. absolutely, yeah. Hawkeye. Because, yeah, Hawkeye has this wonderful recipe because he is the mess tent um, Commandant in charge or whatever, of sorry. the yeah. mess tent. You know, we're we're going to make French toast like my dad and I did back home. Oh, this oh, is going to be great. I'm in charge of the mess tent. I'm going to make it so good. Okay, so I we're going to have to scale this up because I only know how to make it enough for my dad and I. But uh, you get eggs and milk and vanilla. Vanilla. I need two days off for that. Yeah. <laughs> I used it all up in the crepe Suzette last night. Oh, good accent. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, it, it's great because Hawkeye's telling him, oh, you, you soak the bread until it just bounces back. Oh, and then this... you pinch it and just make sure each and every piece. Mm. And then the guy's like, okay, here go the eggs. Yeah, he pours in a, a sack <laughs> of eggs and Klinger's there with his list of, all right, Captain, before you can assume duties, I need you to sign off. Sign off here and here and here. <laughs> Here's the, what else? The oh, milk. Oh, milk. And then he pours in powdered milk. <laughs> sign here and sign here. Time to stir. Gently, uh, gently stir. Pours in the bread. Mm. <laughs> no. You want to pinch it or should I? Yeah. Hawkeye <laughs> oh, just stares him. Oh, and then later when they're actually serving the food, the cook is out there and he like tastes something out of a pot. 
And then he picks up a salt shaker, unscrews the cap, oh. and just dumps the whole thing in. The whole thing? Like, tons of salt. Yeah. Well, it gave Probably me just the heat five to eight tablespoons it. of salt. Just... <laughs> but, um... Oh, man. We yeah, see the cook good. here, and then another time later in episode... Or, uh, season ten. Um, very interesting to see all these guys. One interesting note that they have here... Um, was that this episode was meant to be broadcast on March 30th. It wasn't broadcast until May the 4th. Um, but on March 30th, Ronald Reagan was shot in an assassination, oh. assassination attempt. So CBS uh, covered the story until Reagan was safely out of surgery, resuming regular programming at 9pm Eastern. One of the major plot elements of this episode involved Winchester mm -hmm. having a close brush with death, and CBS hastily substituted a repeat of an earlier episode, The Life You Save. Or, uh, pardon me. Hastily substituted a repeat of an earlier episode, and The Life You Save was finally broadcast on May 4th, and so became the finale for the season. So it wasn't meant to be, but it ended up being. Which I think works alright. Yeah. Um, lots of bit players make their appearance in the episode. Do you, do you have anything? No, no, go ahead. Okay, so guest stars recurring cast. We have Vel Bisoglio as the cook, Andrew Parks as the dying soldier, G.W. Bailey as Rizzo, Jim Nob as Private Markham, Arthur Taxier as uh, the surgeon, the battalion aid surgeon, Jim Book as Sergeant Chiaverini, I believe that's the one who came for the trays from the 8063rd. Okay. Jack Kearney, Pierce. yeah, <laughs> to arrest Pierce and Klinger. Klinger, this this nice sergeant is here to arrest me. Oh, oh. good! I didn't want to go alone. <laughs> Jack Kearney as a soldier, Paul Ventura as a soldier, Wayne Morton as an enlisted man, Messish Taylor as an orderly, and then Sherry Saba as Nurse Sherry, Roy Goldman as Roy, Gwen Farrell as Gwen, and Dennis Troy as Dennis. Production code was Z418. Writers, John Rappaport and Alan Alda. Director, Alan Alda. Which surprises me because it's not Alan Alda-centric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but it does kind of have that same... Um, the lovely... Uh, uh, um, maudlin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has that same maudlin bent that you would expect from an Alan Alda episode. Director Alan Alda, uh, original air date May 4th, 1981. Okay. Good to know, though, about how that, with the Ronald Reagan yeah. thing, that's yeah. cool that they look at the real politics and don't want to affect the country, because yeah. it certainly doesn't happen that way anymore. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I distinctly remember when 9-11 happened, all the networks basically oh. being... Okay, we can't... Well, they didn't show anything. There was we, nothing yeah, but 9-11 for like two weeks. Yeah, we can't do this. And then um, even MLB, um, baseball was like trying to take a break. And I think the commissioner approached someone and said, "How? What, what can we do? And I don't remember who it was who said, you know what you can do to help this country? Go back to life. Yeah, just get back to it. And, you know, even Saturday Night Live and... The Daily Show and everything was basically, you know, they addressed it, but then they had to move on. But because you had to. You have to. After every tragedy. You can't let it yeah. become, define you. Yeah. Which, or define your country. Which, I've got to say, actually ties in really well with the second episode. Because mm -hmm. 
Like with Charles. You can't let it define you. You deal with it, and then you move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but with that, thank you for joining us for this week. Um, as always, I'll Listen leave you... This. This yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you get such a kick out of this. I just do. Alright, so thank you for uh, joining us this week. If it's your first week or your returning uh, listener, thank you so much. If you want to listen to our back catalog of episodes... If you head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast application or Stitcher Radio, you can just search for Whiskey and Mash and you will find us out there on all of our back recordings. If you don't do the podcast thing, but you do listen to um, like recordings, MP3 recordings, you can find all of our back episodes in MP3 format on our website. Just head over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Go to the podcast link. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. All of our MP3s are available there on the website for you to either download or stream. Also on that website is a link to email us right here at the podcast and a Facebook link to go over to our Facebook page. reason that's there, A, we like to see all of you that are out there when you're liking our episodes. We love to see that. But also that way, when you like that page, every time that we post a new episode, I copy the uh, the, the summary and the, the episode link from our website over there on the Facebook page so that's available for you right from there. So I encourage you to go over to Facebook, like our page that's facebook.com slash whiskey and mash, all one word and uh, let us know that you're out there. Like the episode comment on the episode like some of our uh, fine listeners have in the past such as Brandon Young. Uh, thank you for listening. If you think that this episode was worth your support, we don't have like a Patreon or a PayPal or anything like that we don't do monetary support because we're just doing this because we like to have a whiskey-based beverage <laughs> and watch episodes of MASH. That's what we like right now. But if, if you find value in it and you want to help support us, the best way for you to do that, and a lot of you have been doing this and we appreciate it, is to share this podcast with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, an enemy. It doesn't matter to me. You know, whatever. Uh, someone who you think would enjoy listening to us ramble on about MASH for... 30 to 45 minutes every week. Um, and you know what? Another way that you could really help support this podcast is get involved. Leave us a comment on the episode. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. If we're just talking out of our butts about some of this stuff. If you disagree with um, our interpretation of one of the social messages in the episode. Any of that. If you have a comment or a, something that you would question. like us to share. If you somehow happen to be a cast or crew member yes. from MASH, please get out there on Facebook. Get, o get over to our webpage. Email us. Message us. Let us know that you're out there and you're listening. We would love to hear it. Uh, but in the meantime, I remain Chris Pullman. I remain Gloria Ackerman. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Keep being awesome. 3D printer's still going. <laughs> so you like your gift, are you saying? Oh, heck yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm so surprised Laura didn't tell you. No, yeah, she she did a good job Not keeping good at that keeping secret. Secrets. No. <laughs> no, yeah. No, she kept her mouth shut. I think she was getting close, but yeah, no, that's that's printing off uh, seven more dice. I I like it. It does a whole bunch over time. Yeah, you, as long that's as it's kind of cool. Yeah, the here, I'm gonna bring this up. You can actually um oh, see that's what here. It's making. Yeah, you know, so you can see 
this is the palette, and that's what it's printing. So as long as it fits on on the palette, it'll print it. It'll print it. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. I thought you had to do like one at a time. Yeah. No. I. As long as it fits. So like in theory, I could. So print it fits the chips. Yeah. <laughs> I shipped my pants. <laughs> I did. That's what I was. But yeah, as long as it fits, it, I can print it. I could print multiple things, but I'm cool. yeah. These are just um, seven six-sided dice. Cool. Yeah, I still want to print Laura that rose. Well, happy that's... Father's Day to all you fathers. Oh yeah, there. that's right. Happy I Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye everyone.